Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Wonderful day outside, wonderful day inside. Amen. Good to be gathered with the family of God, to rejoice around the Word of God. <clears throat> Special day today with our brother Neville coming to minister to us, and we're so looking forward to that. And happy to have him here with us, and just want to welcome all the visitors that are here with us. And May God richly bless you. Amen. Let's sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Together this morning, let's just worship the Lord. Thankful for what He's done in your life. Brought us together one more time. Just want to welcome our American brothers and sisters. And so happy that you're able to come up here and, and uh, worship with us. Praise God. God bless you today. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee, thou changest not thy
we sing the goodness of God all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been faithful
we're so thankful for your goodness, oh God. Your goodness that runs after us, Father. Your mercy that never fails, oh Father God. How great you are, oh God. How you have poured yourself up for us, Father. Oh, Jesus, that we might be raised up into your presence, Father. By your Holy Spirit, oh God. That we can worship you in spirit and in truth, oh Father God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness to us, oh God. How great you are, oh God, my Father. Great you are, oh God. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. With our breath, we praise thee, oh Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. You're so good, oh God. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. We thank you for your presence, oh God. Thank you for your presence among us, oh Lord. Oh, that you abide in us and we abide in you, Lord. And together we are one, Father. Oh, joined with you, Lord, in that invisible union, oh God. Oh, to be one with you, Father. What a privilege, what an honor. What a joy, oh God. We bless your name, oh Father. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we glorify your name, Father. Glorify your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Let's sing Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Jireh, my provider.
believe that this morning? Hallelujah. More than enough. He's already supplied all that we have need of. We have a few prayer requests here I want to make known. I'm going to ask our brother Tim if you'd come and pray with us this morning. Uh, Sister Violet is asking prayer for her daughter-in-law, Ashley. She has a gallstone. And she would, uh, we need to pray that she would be able to pass them and not have to have an operation. So we just want to remember that in prayer. Brother Jay's written in for his younger brother, Brother Jay Beattie. Um, his brother has been told that he only has a few months to live. A lung disease is uh, trying to take his life, and the hospitals are too busy to operate, so we just want to remember that need in prayer. Believe with our brother Jay, for not only for his brother's healing, but for the saving grace in his life. Amen. Thank you, brothers, for coming forward. We'll take up the offering this morning. Brother Muchi also is um, asking um, for prayer for a family friend from Rwanda, but he lives in Surrey here. He is suffering with cancer. And so we just want to pray for that brother, for Brother Mushy's um, a brother, who is not his brother, but a friend. We just want to pray for that need in his life. He's got cancer. I continue to remember our brother Henry, Henry Waldner, and uh, Brother Milko. Sister Bev Charman needs in our midst. Amen. God's our healer. Hallelujah. Brother Tim, please come. Amen. Let's bow our heads together in a word of prayer. If you have a need, why don't you just signify that before the Lord as we take this request before him. Almighty God, and you are a mighty God, the one before whom we know all things are possible to them that believe. And Lord, we've come into this place knowing, Father, as you've said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We welcome you. Lord, we invite you to have the preeminence. We desire, Lord, that you would just take control of this service. And Lord, some of our brothers and sisters have written in these requests, oh God. People suffering with diseases, oh God. Cancer. Lord, things that the doctors don't know how to handle. But Lord, they are nothing with you. You are still Jehovah Rapha. The God that heals all of our sicknesses and diseases. As you have brought these needs to the attention of your people. Lord, we are lifting them up before you. And ask in the name of Jesus Christ. That you would be merciful to these homes. Merciful to these individuals. May you cast those demons out, Lord. May you give deliverance from those cancers. May you bring healing into those lives, O oh God. May you show them that you are a supernatural God. And nothing is too hard for our God. Lord, we bear them up before you. 
And Lord, we commit them into your hands, everyone. You know them by name. You know them individually. It doesn't matter whether it's gallbladders, cancers, any other sicknesses, just a cold, whether it be COVID, Lord, whether it be recoveries like Brother Henry, Brother Milko, whatever it might be, Lord, your healing power is not limited, but you are the infinite, omnipotent God who is able to deliver each and every one out of their troubles. You see the hands that are raised, whether it be in the sanctuary here, whether it be on the internet, whatever it might be, Lord, may you just move in those lives. Move through those bodies, oh God. Quicken them by your word. Even as the word goes forth today, may it quicken every hearer and raise our faith, Lord, in the promises that are already paid for at Calvary. Bless Brother Neville as he brings the word today. Lord, we pray that you'll anoint him for the benefit of the people. We commit this service and every exercise of it into your hands and even our offerings, Lord. May you accept it as worship unto you. We give ourselves into your hands in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'll say you can have your seats because I'm going to hold the pulpit just for a moment. Go ahead. You can start taking up the offerings. Amen. I heard an unusual testimony yesterday and I just was granted permission, if I could say that, to share it. It was such an unusual testimony. Uh, many of you heard the report from Uganda and what God is doing over there in the country of Uganda. Phenomenal things are happening. But yesterday I sat in a home and uh, was uh, listening to a couple who are from Uganda who have been in Canada for 30 years. And the gentleman told me, he says, and this gentleman was formerly a parliamentarian in Uganda, has a large, has a large amount of siblings there, and uh, uh, he told me about his younger brother, which is how they happened to get in contact with me. And he says, my youngest brother, uh, we thought he was dead. He says, eight years ago he left the village, never returned, nobody heard from him. He was gone for eight years. Turns out that he had crossed over into the country of Congo, which borders western Uganda, where he was from. And he had gone there to try and make his way in life, worked in the gold mines, worked in other places. Nothing was successful. But one thing happened while he was there. The message of the hour came by his way. And, and this message lit that young man on fire. And he went home just this year, and and uh, now his village is being lit on fire there in the country of Uganda. And it's just a phenomenal testimony. People are getting baptized. A new work is being raised up. And you remember Brother James Navanabande that was here ministering a few years ago. It's his associate minister, his, his assistant pastor there, that's helping this other brother to evangelize in his village. And so God has raised up a mighty testimony. Gone eight years, the family had written him off as dead. And the reason that I heard this testimony is because the couple that told me are sitting right here this morning. Brother Amos and Sister Edith, why don't you stand so we can recognize you? He, he was gone 28 years. Oh, he was gone 28 years. I thought it was eight years. That's even more phenomenal. They thought he was totally gone 28 years. 
Amen. And, and uh, uh, Amos and Edith, they go over to a church here in Vancouver, Broadway Tabernacle, but they're going back to Uganda. And I said, well, if you're going back to see what God's doing in that country, you need to come to church here so that you can tell them what the church is like here because they all in Uganda want to come to church here. <laughs> and so you can take the report back with you. God bless you. It's good to have you with us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Tim, for the prayer and the testimony. It's just wonderful to see what God is doing. And I was just thinking, you know, there's uh, about 40 years ago when the message was going forth in Uganda, and it was groundbreaking then. But had they not gone forth, there would have been no message for that young man to to be uh, contacted by. Amen? So God is moving. And I just with that in mind... I want to sing, keep on the firing line. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tomorrow brings. But we want to keep on the firing line. Amen? Because we know that God knows. And He has a purpose to be fulfilled. Amen? Verse 1, if you're in the battle for the Lord and right. If you're in the battle for the Lord and right. Oh, keep on the firing line. If you win my
Praise our God. Brother Victor, Sister Sarah, really good to see you here. Amen. Welcome home. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we've got a baby dedication this morning. Brother Jonathan and Sister Harriet are going to bring their little daughter up and have her dedicated. Man, we're going to just sing, um, Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. What a wonderful, wonderful sight we're seeing here this morning. I can say victory is the Lord's. Victory is the Lord's. <laughs> Amen. We have had a great love over the years for Brother Jonathan. And um, to see how God has brought Harriet in his life, she's amazing. I've had time with them both. Yeah, Sister Harriet is waiting for the right time to be baptized. She's given her heart to Christ, standing here with this little bundle of life, Odette Marina, and she is a darling baby. I said to Brother Jonathan, how did such a beautiful baby come out of this? <laughs> he says, the mother. <laughs> but we're, we're happy. We're happy to see God dealing with our children. Amen. We have the grandparents, of course, here, Geneva, Matthew, so proud to see their son standing here. The scripture reads in St. Luke 11 and 31, The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Lovely Lord Jesus. Odette means, as we've looked into the, the meaning of it, Odette, Marina, Odette is wealthy. Did, I don't know. You didn't know that. And so when I looked at wealthy, of course your mind goes to the Queen of Sheba. There was something within her that wanted to hear the God that was in Solomon, a very wealthy woman. They said actually she brought over $300 billion worth of gold to Solomon in today's value. She was wealthy. Marina also means in the Hebrew, rejoicing. So we have a wealthy rejoicing daughter. That's right, honey. You are. She heard the report that God was in Israel. And she wanted to give what she had to see the word manifested. And I, I pray that God, the wealth within Odette, will be that wealth that will spring up inside. 
that says, I need to see the greater than Solomon, the lovely Lord Jesus. And to give a gift of equal value would be that she would give her gift of her life to this one that died for her. Brother Bram said she made up her mind and she would not go empty-handed. She loaded her camels with wealth. She brought frankincense, gold, silver, myrrh, perfumes, whatever was the greatest in her kingdom. For she thought in her heart, if it was of God, she wanted to give God the best she had. And then I thought of you, Jonathan and Harriet. You're giving the best you've got. The Lord Jesus came in your life, and now you're willing to give the daughter that God has given you. May God bless this child, bless your home, bless you, Jonathan, in every decision you make. And may God give you wisdom, Harriet, in the gospel of Jesus Christ to raise this darling for our Lord Jesus. Amen. Beautiful. Let's bow our heads. Humbly, I come before your throne, Lord. To see over the years, leading a grandmother, a grandfather, blessing them with Jonathan. And then, Lord, getting a hold of his heart. And Sister Harriet's come into his life. Now as a family, Lord, they're standing here with this little bundle of joy. Odette Marina. Pray, Lord God, that her life would be a blessed life. That, Lord, in her early years, she would learn about this Jesus, who is a greater than a Solomon, who is the great I am. He is altogether lovely. And, Lord, I pray that your blessing will be upon this child, that she grow up healthy, Lord, loving you, loving your word, loving mommy, loving daddy, and loving Jesus. Father, what a dedication it is this morning, Lord. They're giving their wealth back to you. This little darling, Odette, I pray, Lord, that you will now receive her as we give her to you in this little dedication service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, sweetheart. Amen. Is he not so good? Amen. As the brothers, and we're having, um, I'll make a couple announcements before Brother Neville comes out. Tomorrow is uh, December 6th, is our Monday night prayer meeting. And the brothers normally gather at 8 o'clock. It'll be in the fellowship room. And we're opening, opening it up to those that wish to come. We're going to have a, a wonderful time in the presence of God. We won't change the order of it. We'll do exactly the same as we've normally done. And we will gather at 8 o'clock tomorrow evening. Brother Tim Dodd will be at the camp December the 12th. He'll be at that will be our morning service. Brother Tim will be preaching on the, on the south side. On December 19th, by the grace of God, we're going to join with the saints that are at the camp, and we're going to have a communion service on December 19th. And I know that will be very special for us all. We've been waiting for more and more to come home, come back here, and they've made it. And this morning we want to welcome, of course, Ellison 
and Brother Jeremy Carroll and family. God bless you. They're back. <laughs> Amen, Matthew. God bless you. Amen. And then on the 29th, the Wednesday service, we'll have the schedule put up. That will be the Wednesday after Christmas. It will be moved to the New Year's Eve service on December the 31st, and that will be at 7 o'clock. We want to keep uh, Brother Henry Waldner in our prayers. He's been going through his procedure. He went in this week, and we just are believing it will be all over, Sister Elizabeth. All over. Amen. God bless you, Brother Nathan. Before we invite Brother Emily. You wrote my life. Mercy rewrote my life. God's mercy rewrote my life. Oh, I should have fallen my soul cast Tabernacle in Frederick, Maryland, all the way over from the East Coast. 
We have unsung heroes in the faith, and there's ones that work behind the scenes and support and love. And the, this gospel and this message. And we're thankful for men of God that hold this banner up high and love this word with all their heart. And so with great pleasure, Brother Neville, we invite you to come and minister to us. Amen. Have his liberty. Preach whatever God's got on his heart. I'm sure we're going to be blessed. Amen. God bless you. Jesus, Lord, we are so grateful to you, Father, this morning for the opportunity to come again before you. Lord, as the poet said, he became me so that I might become like him. He took my sin he washed me by his blood and Lord your grace in this last day has provided for a prophet and it is only by that grace oh God that we approach you this morning Father we ask you that you come down this morning Lord we didn't come to church only we want to meet you we want to feel your presence we want to see Jesus manifest among us. So, Father, I'm asking you this morning, let, O oh God, the same pillar of fire that led your prophets, in whom we believe from the bottom of our hearts, O oh God, let that same light, that same anointing come down. Anoint each one of us, O oh God, Manifest your presence, Father. Father, I'm insufficient to say something that will help your children. Won't you come, Father? Bless our pastor, Brother Ed. Lord, thank you for keeping him up to date to encourage us, O Lord. We love him. We commit him, O God, into your hands. Keep him again for many years among us, O oh God, to encourage us. Bless Brother Tom and the ministry. Lord, we wait on you this morning. Take us out of the way and let your Holy Spirit, Father, come down and speak as we commit the service into your hands. Bless your children. O oh God, may we rejoice all for being in your house. Bless those who are on, in the, on the internet, Lord. May your presence be with them as well. Father, we dedicate everything to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may have your seat. Again, we greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Brother Tom say, I'm your brother Neville, Neville Kisalu. I'm familiar to the church here. And I'm pastoring two small churches, one in the Washington, D.C. area in Maryland, 
in the United States and another church in Ottawa here in Canada. Uh, the name of the church is Bethlehem Tabernacle. So if you're visiting Washington, D.C., we can host you. You are more than welcome. So first, I would like to thank our pastor, uh, Brother Ed. He is truly a father to me. Uh, I have loved Brother Ed before I, if, before I even saw him. Uh, I came to the message in 83, 85. I was very young. Uh, I was reading the message, uh, proving his word, I think, Brother Ed. And that's where Brother Branham is talking about Brother Ed. I was in the Congo in Africa. I was very young, maybe 16 or 15. I took my message books, I took my Bible, and I went to the bush. I was reading, and I saw Brother Branham was talking about uh, the story of the bear. We, we all know, and we believe in that story. It happened. Amen? It happened. There is no doubt about it. So when I saw Brother Ed, Brother Branham is talking about the young man with that green checkered shirt. I remember I prayed. I said, Lord, I would like to meet that man someday. I didn't know that I would meet with him someday. And Brother Ed, he came a couple of times to the Congo uh, for some of the meetings we had there until I moved to the States and I started coming from time to time to this church. And now here we are this morning. I've been asked to speak to the church. So, Pastor, thank you so much. You represent a lot, a lot to us. And thank you very much, Brother Tom, the ministry, Brother Tim, Brother Murphy, Brother Michael, Brother Jean Manasseh, and all the ministers here in the church. If I don't cite your name, forgive me. So, but may God bless you to the trustees, to the deacons, uh, musicians. You sing so well. I listen to your songs that you post. So thank you so much for everything you do. And thank you also to each one of you for coming to the church. Because there is no need for us to be here if you are not there. So you are the ones who make the meeting. So thank you so much for your presence because Brother Branham says there are three conditions to be a member of a local church. First of all, your presence. And then your tithes and your offerings. When you meet all these three conditions, then you are a full member of a local assembly. So may the Lord richly bless you. This morning... I'll be talking about the prophet, who is a prophet, because it seems now people get confused. We are people from the nations. We are Gentiles. We've never had a prophet. Go and find out the history. We've never had a prophet. So I'm not surprised people do not understand who a prophet is. We are different than the Jews. The Jews, they know who a prophet is. But we, the Gentiles, we don't know. 
And that's why you see today, people they will accept a prophet after a few years, they will leave the prophet. And they will even start criticizing the prophet. So it means something doesn't work there. And believe me, I think I have about a hundred pages of text, my text. There is no way you can speak about the prophets in just one service, and maybe for an hour. It's a whole teaching that could take maybe six months, so pray for me. Pray for me, so the Lord will help me to tell you what he wants us to learn this morning. Amen? Amen? So with that, shall we stand? Let's open our Bibles. Uh, thank you, musicians. You sing so well. And I was thinking maybe I'll ask the pastor to bring some song leaders to our church so they can train my young people there <laughs> to help us. First Samuel chapter 8. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. What a blessing to be a child of God in this generation. First Samuel chapter 8. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel. And the name of his second, Abiah, they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, Thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So they knew themselves they were different. They were a different kind of people. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. They are not rejecting you, my prophets. They are rejecting me. Because a prophet cannot come by themselves. When a prophet comes, God sends them. And when you reject a prophet, it's dangerous. So this morning I was asking the Lord, should I just take the Bible? Just take the Bible. Not even mention the name of your prophet. Not even mention a quotation. Just take the Bible to show you who a prophet is. Shall we pray again? Lord, thank you for your precious word. We now ask the Holy Spirit to come down and teach us thy ways. 
Father, we thank you for your prophets. Help us, O oh God, to stand behind your prophets. You promise he that receives a prophet shall receive the reward of a prophet. And your prophet said, O oh Lord, those who shall receive the messenger, they shall receive the benefits of his ministry. Father, grant it this morning as we commit all to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may have your seat. I have another scripture. I would like to add. And please pray for me. First Samuel chapter 9. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiah, the son of Zero, the son of Bekorah, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly, and there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. For his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go seek the asses. And he passed through Mount Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and, they, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zub, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses. And take thought for us. Now listen to the advice of this young man. This is Saul's servant. And maybe that's what God sent me here for. Verse 6. And he said unto him, Behold now there is in, in this city a man of God. And he is a honorable man. All that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither. Peradventure he can show us our way to what we should go. Because what Abraham says, you need a guide as a Christian. As a believer, you need a guide. The prophet says somebody gave you your first steps. Somebody helped you. For your last steps in this life, somebody will guide you. It's amazing today to see believers, they don't have guides. They don't have a pastor in whom they put all their confidence. Then said so to his servants, but behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels. And there is not a present to bring to the man of God. 
what have we? And the servants answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here a hand, at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the men of God to tell us our way. Now listen. Before time in Israel, when a man wants to inquire of God, does he speak? Come and let us go to the seer. In Israel, in the Old Testament, when they went to see God, they used to say, let's go see the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. To see God, you need to go to the prophet and the prophet will show you the will of God. That's why the Jews, they mock us. They, they say, you people from the Gentiles, we do not understand who you are. You do not understand. First, Brother Branham says, the Bible is an oriental book. It's from the eastern people. We are from the west. And when we read it, we think we understand. You will not understand. Because the one who wrote the Bible is that pillow of fire see, on, above Brother Branham's head. How many believe that? Amen. Thank you. That light above Brother Branham, that's the Lord who wrote the Bible. Because Brother Branham says that pillar of fire, it is the same that met Moses in the wilderness to write the Old Testament. It is the same pillar of fire, the same God that met Paul on the road to Emmaus to write the, the New Testament. And he said, in this last day, the same light has come back. The same pillar of fire is come back to do what? To interpret the Old and the New Testament. That's what the prophet said. Now the Bible is a new book. It's a new book. Now when we are reading it, we can understand plainly, especially when you believe. The problem, as soon as you doubt, you are disarmed. You are disarmed. As soon as you doubt the prophet, you are dead. Hey, brothers and sisters, what makes the difference in between us and the rest of the churches? Tell me. They have Jesus. We have Jesus. Because Brother Branham said there are two vines in the field. And both of them are responsible to the Lord because they claim to belong to the Lord. They also have Jesus. But what are they missing? The prophets. As soon as you forsake the prophet, that's it. You are disarmed. So you really need to understand. That's why that's your life. You see somebody playing around with the prophet. They are killing you. If you have to separate with that individual, I will do it. Because I'm so jealous of my soul. Amen. Before time, verse 9, in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come and let us go to the seer, for he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Yeah. 
Let me see the next scripture. I'm just greeting you. I'm not yet in my subject. St. Luke chapter 7. Now let's go to the New Testament. I always tell my church, if you want to see somebody who will be in the heaven, look at me, how I look like. Because I truly believe in the prophet God has sent us. Luke 7, verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nair, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. And now when he came nigh to to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. But Abraham said, every time Jesus went to a funeral service, it was over. <laughs> Jesus never participated in a funeral service like you and I do. They made a mistake. They are bringing death. By where life was standing. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion of her on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto you, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. Now verse 16. And they came a fear on all. And they glorified God saying that a great prophet is risen among us and that God had visited his people. Great prophets is now among us. God had visited us. That's how God visits you. When he sends you a prophet. Especially our time. Look, it has been 2,000 years since Jesus was here. The only prophet was St. Paul. And after St. Paul, all of them were reformers. They made a lot of mistakes, even in their teachings. And that's why God said, Malachi, for, you know, even when we were playing soccer when I was young, usually you keep the best player at the end of, of the game. Because the coach is telling him, you see the mistake the other team is making. So when you go in, this is what you'll do. This is, and usually they don't play long enough. Maybe 10 minutes by, before the the, the game ends, then they will let them go in, and usually they change everything. So God was keeping Malachi 4 in his hand until the end. He knew all the techniques the devil was using to bring the church back into the denomination. Now it's the end. He says, Okay, now you can go. And he doesn't come by himself. He comes with the pillar of fire. The same one that wrote the Bible. That's why when Brother Branham says, 
he sees Eve, what happened in Eden, don't doubt. You know who wrote Genesis? Moses. And when did he come in? Moses. He wasn't there when God was creating. He wasn't there. But he can tell you exactly what happened. Why? Because of that light you see on the head of Brother Branham. Brother Branham says that light, it's God. He speaks. And that's why Brother, Brother Billy Paul, in his testimony, I think you have heard it. He said, I was with dad in Illinois. He was very young, 13 or 14. But Abraham was praying, and the angel of the Lord came in. He said, Lord, I'm with my son and my young brother. I always talk to them about the angel of the Lord. And I want, I want you to can let me so they can see you. The Lord said, your son. Lord, why only my son? Because he is with you everywhere you go. Okay, Billy, the Lord has honored you. Because when you see a prophet, God has honored you. Billy, you know where the sink is? Yes, Dad. Okay, I'm going to put a pillow. But the Billy Paul said he got scared. He's a 13 year, years old boy. His dad puts a pillow on his face. Okay, Billy, let's go slowly. Okay, I'm going to remove the pillow. You'll see him. He removed the pillow. He was standing there. Very tall. But the Billy Paul said, if he speaks, it will be the end of this world. He was standing there. Yet, very gentle. But the Billy Paul said he was not paying attention to me. He kept watching his prophet. His attention was on the man he sent. That's why that man could not even take a glass of beer or wine, put it in his mouth. And Brother Billy Paul said, I was standing there, and at some point he started melting. He became that light you see on top of the head of my dad, and then he came out by the window. He only changes his forms. But he's a man, he's a person. I want you to understand why do you have that pillar of fire picture in your homes? It's not a simple picture. Brother Branham say it's not my picture. It is the picture of the pillar of fire. And that's why he said, I put it everywhere I can. When you see a prophet, God has honored you. Now let's get started. In the message, recognizing your day and its message. So church, love one another. Never speak one against the other. Don't speak evil against your brother or your sister. Love one another, no matter what happens, no matter what the other person does to you. Bear with one another. Love one another. Listen what your prophet says here. 
recognizing your day and its message. I hate, paragraph 17, I hate to have you come twice like that. But I feel we haven't got but just a little more time. And just remember, if time moves on, we are not going to have this privilege very long. See, remember, something will take place. I want to repeat that. When you hear the prophet say, remember, be careful. Remember, something will take place. Either the law will stop us, or Satan will move among you and scatter you. It's always been that way. See, something will take place. Either the law will stop us, we cannot get together like we are this morning, or Satan will get among you and scatter you. So let's appreciate every minute that we are together. We have a great pastor here. You know, I was praying this morning. I said, Lord, I'm not worried. This is the man that worked with your prophet. And your prophet speaks about this man. Do you know how Brother Branham used to call Brother Ed? Do you know? You don't know? How? My body. My body. And if you want, I can send you that quotation. <laughs> he was the prophet buddy. He was his friend. I was telling the Lord, I cannot, I'm not worthy to stand before preaching and he's sitting behind. I would have loved, I'm sitting there, I'm listening. I have been blessed a lot by him, his ministry and also the ministry of all the men of God that are here. And the fundamental foundation of faith your prophet says now what are we anyhow how would we get here how we got here on earth what are we here for did you ever think of those things along those lines we are human beings. And what made us human beings? What made us different from anything else on earth as human beings? Now, this is what he says. And ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. And we tonight, and we this morning, ought to be ashamed of ourselves and honestly and humbly confess our unbelief before God and ask Him to forgive us of how we represent Him in this life. He is depending on us. 
the Old Testament people didn't have this presence. The presence of God we have today in the Old Testament, they didn't have it. You are unaware of that. Can we say amen? We are unaware of that. You refer back sometimes to Elijah, to Moses, and to those people. Moses and Elijah and those people were great men, ordained of God, but yet not the privilege that you have. Do you believe it? They haven't the privilege. They didn't have the power given them to perform as you have got yourself everything that's in Christ. So just to tell you, our time is the most glorious time of all times. And that's why you will hear Brother Branham saying, if God would have given me the opportunity, asking me the question before the foundation of the world, what time do you want to go to earth? To minister, he said, I would have loved to be there when Jesus was there. But this time, this is the golden age. Because everything God is, is among us. This time, I'll read you a quotation in a few minutes. Brother Branham says, This is the age the bride had to be as the bride we had at Pentecost. And at the Pentecost, he came down as a pillar of fire, Brother Branham says. He divided himself into the church. It was the pillar of fire. And Brother Branham says, during the ages, they didn't have the pillar of fire. It only reappeared in our time. And Brother Branham said, these messengers, they knew at some point, the pillar of fire will come back. Brother Branham says, in Jehovah Jarrah, Paragraph 9. After all, you are just six foot of ground. You are just six foot of ground. I was standing by the Bigot Museum here some time ago. I love art, music. And in this museum, there was two young fellows looking at analysis of a human body of a man that weighed 150 pounds. Do you know how much you are worth if you weigh 150 pounds? You are worth 84 cents. That's the value of your body. That's, I keep telling my church, that's what... (laughs) We walk for, we go to work, and sometimes you miss church, and you want to go there, to be there, just to entertain 84 cents. Our prophet says, you got enough white wash about you to sprinkle a hen's nest. Just a little bit of calcium and so forth, just worth 84 cents. That's your value. That's why today, if you fall, we take you, we bury you, and then we go back home. Even your wife or your husband, they will go back home because this body has no value. The prophet says, 
Think of it, sister, putting a thousand dollar mink coat on. Nose turn up. If it will rain, you'll drown. And thinking you are somebody when you are only worth 84 cents. That boy over there said, one looked over and said, John, we are not very much after all, are we? I thought these were my chance. I tapped him on the back. I said, that's truly boys. But you got a soul that's worth 10,000 worlds. Do you know just one world? How worth it is, is it? Who knows? If you want to buy the world, how much, how much money you'll spend? We all went to school, right? <laughs> I don't know myself. So probably it will trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions. Yet the value of your soul, 10,000 worlds. That's what I was telling you. If somebody wants to take your trust in the prophets, he is killing you. Your soul has a lot of value. And that's why I was telling God, I, ju- I don't want to go there, just talk to your children. And then we go out, and maybe someone will start thinking, why did I go to church? I didn't receive anything. Why did I go there? I always ask God to help me to not be guilty of such a thing. I want you, when you come to church, you will receive something. Amen. You will receive the presence of God. The prophet said, that's right. Take care of that soul. Take care of that soul. Let the 84 cents go. Watch that soul, for it will live forever. And that's true, friends. The signs of his coming. That's one of the messages the prophet is talking about our pastor here. The prophet says, I don't see how in the world I could do it. Just God had to help me. That was all. But you have to do it anyhow. You see? So people who missionary go through a lot of things that's unpleasant. But we have to be all things to all people that we might win some to Christ. And I felt so sorry for Eddie. Now he's speaking about our pastor here. And his children that way too. Because he was talking how Brother Eddie was going to the Indians and spending time there with very difficult conditions and so on. He says, and little Eddie Bisco and his wife, lovely woman, out of a nice lovely home. Her father owns a big company and a president of it and everything, and then give their lives out like that. It certainly takes God to do that, brother. Littlefield. Littlefield. 
The prophet says, it gets, it must be God for a man to sacrifice like that. And I believe what the prophet said. Another one, perseverance. Now I thank Brother Bisco, that in Perseverance, 62. As I know him, a real precious boy. If he's not precious to you, he's precious to the prophet. But I believe he's precious to all of us. I really fell in love with this young lad. I really fell in love with this young lad when I met him up at Dawson Creek. I hope you fell in love with him as well as our pastor. Let's respect the man of God. Let's respect our pastor. You know your attitude, your attitude, that's what brings the blessings upon you. Forgive me, let me read you just that chapter and I'll move on. Second King, verse 1, chapter 1. Second King. Second Kings. As the time of Elijah the Tishbite. So this, the king, Elijah met with the captain, one of the captains of the king. And he told the captain, go tell your master that you found me. The captain said, no, I cannot go. He will kill me because when we come back, you will disappear. The Lord will take you somewhere else. And the king will think, I'm hiding you. Now verse 9, to cut the story short. Then the king sent unto him a captain of 50 with his 50. And he went up to him, to Elijah. And behold, he sat on top of an hill. And he spake unto him, Thou man of God, the king had said, Come down. So it's like he's giving orders to Elijah. With no respect. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, If I be a man of God, then let the fire come down from heaven and consume thee and die 50. And they came fire down, came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Again he sent unto him another captain of 50 with his 50. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus had the king said, Come down quickly. But a prophet is not sent by a king. And Elijah answered and said unto them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and die fifty. And the fire came down, the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. And he sent again a captain of the third fifty with his fifty. Now the third one, let's see his approach. Let's see his attitude. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah. He fell on his knees with respect, to show respect. 
and besought him and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these fifty, thy servants, be precious in thy sight. Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burned up the two captains of the former fifties with their fifties. Therefore, let my life now be precious in, in thy sight. The attitude, your behavior. But the Branham says what will determine your adoption is your behavior, is your attitude. It's, it's the same thing even you are preachers. If you are not disciplined, it will be very difficult. Even you know all the mysteries. But your attitude, your behavior, how you conduct yourself. We must be disciplined Christians first. Can we say amen? amen. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah. You see who was by the prophet. So when these captains were coming, they were not realizing they were approaching God. They didn't realize. Now, even before Elijah goes, he needs to get permission from the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, go down with him. I see his attitude. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. Again, your attitude. In total deliverance. For the Branham says, this is, these are just advice. As my precious brothers and sisters. So this church will continue to move on. But the Branham says, paragraph 27. Now there is a group of offices of our church. Deacons, trustees, Sunday school superintendent, pastors, as our church is set in order. And you, the people, elected these officers and this pastor. I'm just general overseer, saying it goes on right, and to give advice and so forth. You are the one who elects your pastor, you elect your trustees, you elect your deacons, you elect every office there is in this church, you the people. And it's your duty to stand by this man. See? For they'll make mistakes. That's the advice the prophet is giving. To me, you know, love, love is, is wonderful. Love doesn't see any mistake. There is no mistake in love. When you love somebody, even though they make mistakes, you still love them. I see that even every child, they have a lot of love for their father or their mother, even though their father is a wicked man or their mom a wicked man, but they always think their parents are the best. Why? It's love. They will make mistakes. They are mortal. They are just men. And they will make mistakes. But if the president of the United States makes a mistake, 
Do we throw him out as president? We forget about it and move on. That's the way we want to do our church now. I was listening to him pray a few minutes ago for those deacons. And to hear back there a testimony at the door from the trustees. How that with one accord you are all are. Now stay that way. Stay that way. Now you members, stand by these trustees. Deacons and pastor. And remember, when you get this together, remember that it's the devil's business to see that that's broke up. Now it's always has been and it's always be. This is the second time he's telling you, be careful if the Lord doesn't stop us, but the devil will get among you and he will start fussing with one another and he will scatter you and that's it. But you stand by your officers and that was the talk that I was going to make. That's why the, the prophet said in the message, the respect, respects, paragraph 165, if you can't respect the man, respect the office he holds in God. That's exactly right. See, respect him. If a minister comes up, your pastor always respects him. I've have heard congregations talk about the pastor. How just talk about him, run him down, ridicule him. How is that pastor ever going to do anything for you? He can't do it. I don't say this church, but I mean churches I have seen. You've got to love your pastor. You've got to know that he's a human being, but yet God has made him his pastor. God has made him his own pastor. The Holy Ghost has made him overseer. Then you've got to respect him in that manner. And no matter what the pastors has done, if you respect him in your heart as God's servant, God will respect you for doing it. Amen. You know, I was reading a story. A minister wrote Brother Branham a 22-page 20, letter. We think it's now that people disrespect Brother Branham, right? We think now it was. But Branham said you should have been there at the beginning to see how it was. It's a minister. He wrote him a letter of 22 pages. But I'll skip that one. Go and find out in the message. By yourself. Revelation book of symbols. But Abraham says this. Paragraph 56. Angel. The very word angel means a messenger. Right. 
If a boy was at the door, knock at the door there, and told the usher, I have a telegram here for Mrs. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so, he will be a messenger of or an earthly angel. Your pastor, when he stands here on the platform, ministering the word of God, he is God's angel to the church. A messenger to the church. Therefore, a pastor should never leave that word, but stay straight with the word, because he is feeding the shepherd's place. Because the pastor means shepherd. The pastor is an angel of God. So be careful how you deal with your pastor. I'm a doctor myself. And I've made inventions. I think the pastor spoke to me about these inventions last time when I was visiting three years ago here. But this man is my pastor. I'm not looking at what studies I have done, what I have done in life, but in God, God is working according to his laws. We need to respect our elders. That's how we'll become a very strong church. That's how God will respect us. God will honor us. God will bless us. In the Ephesian church age, bear with me a little bit. I know I have another service in the evening, but the time in Seattle. <laughs> but so we'll see how God will lead us. But Abraham says, other words, if you got a God-filled pastor, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you try to hold him under your finger, Say, well, if he says anything about us having a robed choir, if he says anything about us wearing makeup, we will just excommunicate him. You are threatening your pastor. The prophet said, don't worry. God will do it before you get a chance to. He'll go out and preach to the stones on the street before he will compromise with that kind of stuff that kind of spirit you got a pastor that really tells you the truth you ought to honor God and stay in the spirit and worship God realizing that you're going to be lost if you don't I don't know if you caught that That's why Brother Barnum said leadership, paragraph 21. Remember that the first step that any of us ever made, somebody led us. You mothers remember the first steps that Junior and the little girl made. They don't remember it no more. But somebody led you to your first step. I remember Billy Paul when he made his first step, Joseph and all of them. When they made their first step. Now somebody helped you when you made your first step. And your last step, your last step, you'll ever make 
in life, somebody will be leading you. Maybe it will be social media. Or it will be something else. But somebody will lead you for your last step in this life. And I want you to remember that. Your first step, somebody led you. And your last step, somebody will be leading you. That's why let's keep our church in our prayer. A scripture that I love so much, it is Exodus 18. Something happened there. Israel was fighting with Amalek. Verse 8, then Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Ur went up to the top of the hill. They went with the prophets to do something in case he needs some help. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. That's why, Brother Tom, when I was in the office, I heard you said on Monday we have prayer meeting. I said, oh God, that's how you get victory. That's how you win victories. Even in our families, if you've had too many issues, we don't pray. We don't read the Bible. We don't speak about the Lord. We don't have family prayer meetings. The only thing we know, you go to work, you do your job, and you bring back money to your home. In the meantime, our children are interacting with different kinds of people, telling them all kinds of things. The only time they hear about God is when they come to church. And the prophet says, shame on you. Let's take time to educate our children about our God. They need to understand why we have a prophet. Why we say, Brother Branham says. You will see, many of our children, they will stay in the church. When we bring them to the new birth. Every time Moses, his hands went up, they prevailed. They had the victory. But when his hands went down, they felt. But Moses' hands were heavy. Huh? Prayer is not an easy task. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Ur stayed up his hands. Now some church members are helping the pastor to... To hold his hands up. The one on the one side. And the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the age of the sword. Supporting the pastor by our prayer. But Abraham says, 
these men that you see sitting in front of you, do you know who they are? You see them, brother, brother Tim, brother Tom, brother Ed, brother Michael, or the ministers in the church. But let me tell you what Brother Branham says. Friends, I'm a very strong believer in the prophet. When I see the prophet say something, I stay with it. And it had, it had cost me so many friends. But if people forsake you, Jesus will get you. I have no message. That's why I cannot come here and I start telling you my, my own thinking. It will kill you. I only want to tell you what the prophets say in this generation. And that's what he said. I'll get to that. He said, when the Lord will finish with me, I'll be gone. But listen to my voice. Listen to what I'm telling you. It is that saith the Lord. In a message putting on the whole armor of God. Now God fortify his army. What with himself in the form of prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors. What did he do? What was God doing? Listen. Did you ever think what that these offices of the church are? It's God's dress. Putting on the whole arm of God, paragraph 76. It's God's dress, inside dress. An apostle, a prophet, a seer. Can we say amen? amen? That's why the church, that's why I began by telling you, don't speak evil against your brothers and your sisters to love with one another. But Abraham says, in humble yourself. This is what he says. Don't forget, this tabernacle will lose its strength. You want me to stop? But Abraham says, if you take Mr. Amen from a church, you'll have a dead church. Don't forget, this tabernacle will lose its strength. Remember that this is the target where Satan has got every gun in hell trained on it. He'll cause one person to do something that's contrary to what the other one thinks. He is doing that and he's up to it. That's why Brother Banham said the church order. And remember, God is looking to me to see that I stay in the world. And I'm looking to you to see that you carry out the world. See in this church. And keep it spiritual. For remember, all the forces of the kingdom of Satan will be turned against you as you begin to grow in the Lord. And you must be soldiers, not just fresh recruits. You are aged soldiers now. You've been trained to fight and Satan will come among you to cause you to dispute with one another if he can. 
turn him down just immediately. You are brethren and it's the enemy. And we are here to hold a standard in this evening light that when the world is darkened and the whole church kingdom is going into the council of churches. And even Brother Branham says, he says, the Branham Tabernacle is the most spiritual church in the world. The prophet says, not because they have so many speaking in tongues, they have so many prophecies, a lot of singing. He said, no. But he said, it's the quality of the spirits that rules over this church. The quality of the spirits. That's in the church, uh, church order 63. He says the quality of the church, the spirit of the church. The pastor is in perfect harmony with the church. The church is in perfect harmony with the pastor, with the ministry in the church. You keep it spiritual. Then you'll see God will do great things among us here. That's why I say we should never, never have words against one another. We should always say the highest things about a brother and a sister. If one is down in the garden, don't never shove them any further down. Pick him up. Get him out of there as quick as you can because it helps. That's what I was telling you at the beginning. No matter what people do to you, just love them. Pastor, I'm very, very amazed by the attitude of Brother Branham. I study Brother Branham a lot. You will see him. He goes somewhere. I was reading a message recently. He had to cross. He was going somewhere. He wanted to cross somewhere. And that lady said, if you cross that line, I'm going to call the police. If you do. But sister, your husband gave me permission. If you try, I'm going to call the police. And the prophet was so patient with him, with her. He was speaking gently to that sister until at some point the sister realized it was Brother Branham. And she was a backslider sister. And she said, Brother Branham, forgive me. Forgive me, Brother Branham. You remember that, uh, that, that uh, unbeliever who was telling Brother Bankswood, I don't think you have stooped so low you bring a preacher everywhere you go. Brother Branham was so patient with him until, until he was saved. And I was praying, God, help me to be that way. Usually they say something against you. That's it. That's it. You cannot speak to them anymore. They are devils. Unbelievers. That's how we behave. But Abraham says your attitude will bring back even people who left the church. Your attitude can bring them back. Can we say amen? That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 1, Every wise woman buildeth her house. Because Brother Branham says every time you see in the Bible, they speak about the woman, it's a church. So you can replace that word woman there 
by a church. A wise church builded her house. But the foolish plucked it down with her hands. The things that you do can pluck down this church. In the testimony of a true witness, and one of the very first signs of Christianity, refuse to kill a man. If you want to tell a difference, somebody, when they say, I'm a Christian, we refuse to kill another person. That's right. But you can kill him more ways than just sticking him with a knife. Speak against his character. Many ways you can do it. Amen? And Brother Banam also said, the beauty of the church is the character of the people. Something that helps me, Brother Tom, you know when Brother Branham saw the vision, he's telling, he speaks about that vision in the message, is this the end time, sir? They have to widen the roads in front of his house. And he went to ask that person, why did you tell me? And listen, I don't want to, to, to say it myself. Let me quote Brother Branham. And I got out to say to the man, why this? And he got very hostile, shoved me backwards and said, that's the way with you preachers. Huh? In that vision, Brother Branham said, I said, I only ask you, why do you do this? You are coming over my side of the street here. Why did you do this? And he just almost slapped me and shoved me back in the vision. And I thought, I'm just going to tell him that he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm a boxer. He doesn't know what he's doing. And the voice spoke. The angel of the Lord always by his prophet. <laughs> a voice spoke said, don't do that. You are a minister. Pay attention to your attitude. Pay attention to what you say. Be careful. You are a minister. And I said, oh, very well, Lord. So be in prayer. Uh, and remember, you young people, our prophet said, don't drink. Don't smoke. Do not defile your body. Because there is a job for you to do when you get older. I have asked to our children in the church, I told them, write it down, pin it on the wall. When you woke up, when you wake up in the morning, I want you to read that. The first thing you read in the morning, don't drink, don't smoke, do not defile your body because there is a job to do when you get older. Because Brother Branham says this in the question and answer. I'll speak to you about the prophet maybe for 15 minutes and then I'll let you go. But I really wanted, I really want to miss this opportunity to give you this advice on the church, on our behavior here in the church. Question and answer. Brother Branham is praying. We will ask to bless our dear pastor, Brother Neville, 
who stood gallantly at the post of duty year after year through the hearts and called to herd and to pasture the sheep of the flock that gathers here. Pray that your spirit be upon him, help him, and bless all that's connected with the tabernacle. Now, young people, listen. And soon, Lord, if it be your will, we expect a lovely big tabernacle standing here on the corner where we can have a school. That we might school young ministers and send them to the four corners of the earth to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And Brother Branham says, faith is revelation. God has sent us a revelation. We want to teach it to our children so they can sustain it for generations. Even when we are not here anymore. That's why he said in adoption, I got offers for some churches. If you all want them, if you are ready to go to pastoring now, if you got your training, you need to be trained first. That's why I was telling you, they need to give you a step in your life by somebody. Influence. Who are you? Stick your finger in a bucket of water and pull it out and find the hole you put your finger in. Then say, that was me. You are nothing. Can we all say amen? amen? We are nothing. You'll not be missed after. Little while after, you're gone. They have a funeral procession out here, and that's all. But your influence will live on and on and on. That's the legacy we want to leave behind us. That's why Brother Barnum is praying to look away to Jesus. And we love you because that you have let us become your servants. And may we serve you with reverence and honor all the days of our life. Grant it, Lord. May I be able and my family and these people be able to be shining lights, salty salts, that will create a thirst in others to love this Jesus that has done so much for us. And may God grant it to you. Now let's go quickly into the prophets and then we will finish. As I said, we are people of the nation. We are Gentiles. We've never had a prophet. If I'm wrong, name, you, name, name me one. We've never had a prophet. That's why when they speak to you about a prophet, it's strange. That's why this generation, they don't understand a prophet. People will tell you, oh no, prophet stopped with John the Baptist. Have you heard that? But I'll read you a scripture soon. Jesus said, I'll send you sages and prophets. You'll kill some and persecute others. They are still prophets. 
And we must understand, when you see a prophet, he comes to you. Usually when a prophet comes, it brings fights. It brings a contest. And that's what the prophet says in the message, the contest. I would like to draw a little 10 or 15 minutes context. A contest is a test of strength. You are in a contest. The Indian used to put a fire and they will pull so many men on this end of the rope and so many on this hand. The tug of war, the contest of strength will put the losing party across the fire. When the Indians want to, to fight, it's not by words. No, you need to be stronger. You need to have a rope. You have a fire there. A group of men this side, another group that side. Now, pressure. You're pulling. Until the losing part will get into the fire. And now we know there is many things, and we could base this upon for a few minutes for a contest. But I want to speak for these minutes quickly upon the greatest contest there is. That's between the church and Satan. Not between Jesus and Satan. The contest between you and Satan. And Brother Branham says, God, man is God's agency. God cannot do anything unless he uses you. Satan also, he is powerless until he gets into a person. That great strength of Satan. Because, as I said at the beginning in the exposition of the seven churches, but the Banam day, it was to be the age in which the true church would return to being the bride she was at Pentecost. So you see, Satan will come with all his strength to fight that church that will become the bride it was at Pentecost. And that's why you see in Malachi 4, Malachi that promised said, I will bring back the hearts of the children back to the father. That's why Brother Vanham says in the message, questions and answers. Number four, look at all of us that took our vows and marched around the altar. We saw them come and go. One after the other. Have you noticed those who stayed with the message, how they went? Now, think of the ones who got away from the message and how they went. How they left this world. Go see them how they leave this world. And that's why he said in the exposition of the seven church ages, this messenger, this last day messenger, will appear in God's appointed time. It's 12.30, so I need to stop. It is the end now, as all know. For Israel is in the homeland. 
Anytime now, he will come according to Malachi. When we see him, he will be dedicated to the world. He will be indicated, pointed out in the world, Revelation 10.7. And God will vindicate his ministry. He will preach the truth as did Elijah and be ready for the Mount Zion showdown. Many will understand, misunderstand him. It's a prophecy. So be careful. Many will misunderstand him because they have been taught scripture in a certain way which they consider truth. A teaching. A teaching. Be careful the teaching you receive. Even some true ministers will misunderstand the messenger because so much has been called God's truth by deceivers. So when I see this, I must be on my knees. Because the prophet says even true ministers, they will misunderstand that prophet. So God will give me the grace to understand this prophet why God is sending us a prophet? Why throughout the ages we only have reformers? Why when we get to the end, we have a prophet? And not only a prophet, Elijah the prophet. God has used him five times. The only spirit he has used five times to show you that the mission of this prophet is so important for God. But yet, many will misunderstand him. And the prophet says, end time evangelism, and it's always friends, the leaders, each time through the change of these dispensations, has got the people all messed up. It is the pulpit. It hasn't been so much the people. It is the ministers. That's why the choice you make in the church is very important. The choice of your pastor. In the message, standing in the gap, listen what Brother Burnham will say. I was amazed when I read it. Paragraph 54. To my brethren, world over, I want to make this confession. I humbly say it. That's just about what I was fixing to do. Because he wanted to leave people. They were not listening to him. He said, okay, then I'll go to the mountain and stay there. And when God gives me that self, the Lord, I'll go down, tell them, and then come back. I'm not going to fuss with people. I had been preaching for years. And I had become an old man and an old veteran preacher. I had a lot of hard battles. I'm scared. All caught up on the inside from fights. Because my Lord, that the Lord gave me, was not back to kiss the babies. I don't say if you kiss babies, it's bad. But the prophet says, the Lord, the Lord has given me, the ministry he has given me is not to kiss the babies 
and to marry the young and bury the old. But it was to hold a two-handed sword at the battlefront against the wiles of paganism and demonology and the powers of darkness and fight it with the word of God till I have seen the enemy defeated. And I have been cut deep many times. That's the kind of ministry he had. So we cannot expect it now to be easy. But we'll continue this fight. And to do that, we need to understand our position. You need to understand who you are. Matthew 23, 34. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets. This is Jesus talking. I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes. And some of them ye shall kill and crucify. And some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. He keeps sending prophets. He keeps sending wise men. And that's why when you have a problem in the church, I do not understand now you will see believers, a man and his wife, they go to the courts so they can settle their issues. Yet Jesus said, I will send you wise men in the church so they can help you settle these issues. These wise men, these are God's servants. We have a pastor, we have the minister. We have an issue. Take it to the church. Let's settle it in the church. In the message, I will restore. Now there is a difference between prophecy a gift of prophecy and a prophet. Did you know that? Because Brother Balaam says the gift of prophecy can be on you. Tomorrow it will be on another person. The next day, you can prophesy just one single time in your life. You can also prophesy many times. It, it depends how much you are dedicated to the Lord. But there is a difference in between a prophet and a gift of prophecy. Somebody make a prophecy. You call them a prophet. That's wrong. The next time you've seen an error. A gift of prophecy and a prophet is different. Because Brother Branham says when you give a prophecy, we must have two judges, two or three people. They need to tell us if it's right or wrong. If it's wrong, we will lay hands on you. Because God doesn't lie. It's not 99%, 99.9, no. 100%, it must be true, correct? But a prophet, you cannot judge a prophet. You cannot say what the prophet says is wrong. Who are you? Because they are sent by God. When a prophet speaks, it is that saved the Lord. You believe it or you get condemned. You know, my brothers and my sisters, I was telling to my church, now I understand 
what they used to introduce Father Branham to the pulpit with that song, Only Believe. Have you realized that? Every time they'll bring him to the pulpit, and he said, the angel of the Lord loved that song as well. Only believe. If you want to be victorious, just believe. If you want to fail, start doubting. But Abraham says, in Christ is revealed in his own word, paragraph 111, prophets did not always understand what they were writing or what they were saying. Or they would in no wise have said it if they could have understood it. Can you imagine? The Jews, they will sit down there, they are writing, this is what David did. He committed adultery. Their greatest king? Do you think they will write that? Abraham said, no. Moses, he got mad? He will write that himself? Come on. The prophet said, they will, they will not. But they wrote it because they were moved by God. It wasn't their will. They were expressing God's will. That's why all ages, people who were spiritual consulted the prophets about the times and what was to happen. Spiritual people, they consult the prophets. The prophet writer must be in constant fellowship with the author. See? He must live constantly in the presence of the author to know what the book is going to be. The prophet writer, he had the pen ready anytime. Constant fellowship with the author, which was God, to strike down whatever he said put down. Showed what kind of a life. He, he, he is a separate life from all his brethren. You know, to finish, let's go to Exodus chapter 3. I'll finish with that. Brother Mike, you have the quotations. You can continue on with the, this service. <laughs> let's go to Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock of, to the backside back of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord, the same angel that has visited us today, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, and why the bush is not burning. Because in principle, if we see fire here, what will we expect to this flower? It should burn, right? Now it's not burning, so something is strange. 
He wants to see what it is. You know, sometimes we just read these stories and then we move on. Sometimes we need to think. And when the Lord saw, see, the angel of the Lord, it's the Lord. When the Lord saw, that's why I was telling you that pillar of fire sees, it speaks, it hears. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush to tell you that light that was there was the Lord. And said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is a holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, that pillar of fire, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now Moses is going through this. He was by himself. Even Aaron, his brother, was not there. Miriam, his sister, was not there. Now if you were at that time, think of it. If you were in that time, you are living in that time, now somebody comes and tells you, I have met God in a pillar of fire. I don't know how many would have believed. But Abraham says, your attitude to now, that's what you could have heard there. Now, it's only by faith. You believe Moses, and you go with him, or you disbelieve him, and you got condemned with Egypt. Amen. Amen. And the Lord said, surely I have seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and I have heard a cry by reason of the taskmasters for I know their sorrows and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians I have come down I have come down myself but we don't see where the God where God is leading them standing there when he came down he was hiding himself in one man I have come down to deliver, deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Now he is receiving the commission. That thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Remember, in the verse on top, we saw he said, I'm coming down myself to deliver them. And now we get to this verse. He said, now it's your responsibility. To take them out. Why? He is going to hide himself in that man called Moses. You reject him, you will not be going out of Egypt. You will stay in Egypt. 
And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I'll be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of the, your fathers had sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Even Moses, his answers. I will have some meetings of questions and answers. They will ask me questions. How will I answer them? As Brother Branham says, I was reading them when he was in South Africa. He left the U.S. He went to South Africa to hold meetings. And he got there. Even the brothers who went with them were dubbed him. They were questioning him. Do you think God only spoke through you? And the prophet was hurt. He went to God. He was talking to God. How do you want me to conduct my meetings? I said, wow, this is special. Even the way how to organize the meetings, he's asking the angel of the Lord. And the and he said, is it the good way, the way I'm doing it? The angel of the Lord, yeah, that's, that's perfect. We can continue on. Moses is asking, if they ask me the question, this is, I'm sure they'll ask me this question. That's why you'll see Brother Benham says, I have all your questions. Before you even ask me, I had your questions even in the order in which you'll ask them to me. Because it's the same God. Lord, I already know their questions. Now, what will be my answers? And the Lord said, and God said unto Moses, tell them my name. I am that I am. And he said, that's, that's shall thou say unto the children of Israel. I am had sent me unto you. And God said, moreover unto Moses, that saith, Thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, had sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. He did that. If we go to chapter 4. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. I know them. Because Brother Branham says the hardest thing for God is to make people believe their brother. Brothers and sisters, I have never thought what Brother Branham is speaking is a lie. I have never thought about it until I heard it recently. People questioning what Brother Branham said. You can listen to the sincerity of that man when you listen to the tapes. You can, you can catch it how sincere he was. He was not lying. So you are the liars. They will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto you. Spirits don't die. 
And the Lord said unto me, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled before it. He was afraid of the serpent. And I'm afraid of serpents as well. He fled. And the Lord said, hold on. He said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. Now imagine he's fleeing. Now God tells him, no, go, go, go closer. And take it by the tail. And he went to at some point, the serpent will turn around. He goes, forget it. And then he takes it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared unto thee. And the Lord said, Furthermore, put unto him, put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand unto his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. To show you, you are nothing. <laughs> you are nothing inside of you, full of diseases and leprosy. He took his hand out. He contaminated himself. You know, for example, now COVID, you need to wear a mask. Made there, you put the hand inside yourself, you put it out. It was leprous. And he said, put thy hand into his bosom again and pluck it out out of his hand and behold it was torn again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass if they will not believe thee neither hearken unto the voice of the first sign that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. There is a section I want to get to with you. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent neither heretofore nor since thou had spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of a tongue. I cannot speak. And the Lord said unto him, Who had made man's mouth? Now listen to me. Who has made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb? Or deaf? Or the seeing? Or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I'll be with thy mouth. Because Brother Branham says the prophet is God's mouthpiece. I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? Now listen. Brother Barnum says the Levites, they are the ministers of the New Testament. Now God is reminding Moses, you also have Aaron there. If you cannot speak very well, 
Aaron is there. That's why I was telling you, respect your pastor. See here, God is associating the pastor to the prophet. He's reminding the prophet, but Aaron is there. I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he sees thee, he will be glad in his heart. What kind of a minister you are, and you hate the prophets. When Aaron here, in the Old Testament, he saw the prophet, he was glad in his heart. Because he knew the prophet is the presence of God in our camp. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words. You, the prophet, put the words in his mouth. That's why as a minister, <laughs> I will only come the words the prophet has put in my mouth. That's why I keep quoting you what he said. You, the prophet, you will speak, you will put this ma- these words in the mouth of Aaron, and with, and I will be with thy mouth, you the prophet, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. So God is now paying attention to the mouth of the prophet and also to the mouth of the Levite, to the mouth of the pastor. And he shall be thy spokes man. Unto the people. If you want to learn about the prophets, Aaron will do that job. He will tell them who is a prophet. That's our strength, church. By the way, Cloverdale might not come back, we don't know. Tomorrow is not ours. Remember? The prophet is the st- your strength. Because the prophet is sent by God. And you will see, when Brother Branham saw the vision of the bride, the preview, as the bride was going up, the prophet said they were watching where I was with the angel of the Lord. It is only when these little sisters from Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, they were distracted. They were not looking at where the prophet was. That's how they, get, they got off the line. And if you go, you go and read the message. Is this the answer? Brother Gino Jackson's dream. What Abraham says, he told them, stay, keep watching on that white rock. A rock is revelation. Stay there. Pay attention. Our brother said, we stayed there. But the brother disappeared. And I saw this brother went this way. That one went this way. Very few stayed doing what brother Branham told us to do. So let me finish with this prayer of the prophets. Speak to this mountain. You have listened to that message probably. But Abraham was talking about the scripture of Mark 11. He 
He was not understanding Mark 11 if you say to this mountain. And just as I scooted down to kind of get myself warm, that scripture came to me again. Whatsoever you said, whatsoever you said, believe that what you say shall come to pass and you can have what you say. Well, I thought, why does that scripture keep coming to me when I can't preach on it? Because I don't know nothing about it. I could not go before a congregation and try to explain that scripture. Well, I sat there a little bit. I thought, there is only one thing to it. If I'm ever called to preach on that subject, here is the way I'll do it. Now, Brother Branham forgets he's a prophet. He's trying to figure out how he'll explain that scripture. I'll say, Jesus told that to the disciples and gave them that authority. That was about a year and six months before the atonement was made. So if it wasn't in the atonement, it was the other side of the atonement. So if anybody ever asks me that question, I'll just tell them it was the other side of the atonement. It's the only thing I know. Because Jesus was still living. The atonement was not made and he was not wounded for our transgressions. Nor by his stripes we were healed yet. So he just gave them that power, the other side of the atonement. And then, all of a sudden, something spoke to me. Hallelujah! Something spoke to me and said, what about the prophets? Well, I began to see them. It began to unfold to me. What do you think that takes place in the meetings when you are standing there? Do you think you are the one who knows those people? Do you think that it's you that can predict and say to those people that you are going to do a certain, certain thing and certain, certain thing that has happened to you and a certain, a certain thing will happen to you? Do you think that's you saying it? The prophet said, oh my, it means so much. It's never left me. And I thought, surely not, Lord. It's you. Well, then, do you think it's you talking? God is asking him. He says, no. Do you think it was the prophets talking? Had not you just got through preaching on the subject that the prophets were so anointed with the Holy Spirit that it wasn't them that done the speaking. It was the Holy Spirit in them crying out. Then whatever you say, if you are anointed, wouldn't be you saying it, it will be the Holy Spirit saying it. Well, I thought, that's right. If the person, through the atonement, sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, can live into a sphere with God so close that he can be wrapped so completely in God by the blood of Jesus that it wouldn't be him talking. It will be the Holy Spirit speaking these things. William Branham, 
It's not you who's talking. It's me. And you'll see even the message, Christ is a mystery of God revealed. He says, <laughs> friends, God has honored us. He said, I'm going to speak to you what was in God's mind before the foundation of the world. What was there, God has revealed it to me. I don't know how can a man make such a declaration. What was in God's mind now I'm going to talk to you about it. That's why when you listen to the prophet, it changes you. Amen. It washes you. Amen. Now sin has no power Amen. in your life. Amen. Now it's the Holy Spirit. You become the Holy Spirit, Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. He was praying. I don't have time because we are running out of time. Is this the end, sir? The end time, sir? He says, Lord, I want to thank you. Forgive me. Let me just read that paragraph. Brother Tom, can I just read that paragraph and I'll close? The prophet is praying. He says, I'll finish with this. It's so secret to us. And Lord, down through the age, I thank you for letting the visions that you have given. Every one of them just perfectly. And every interpretation of the dream has been exactly that way. So we know it could only be you, Lord. For we are morals, all born in sin, And there is not a sound thing in us. But to think that you could take such a thing as a human being and wash them by the water of the word of the blood of Christ. And stretch forth thy hand in such a way Till the person doesn't use their own thinking. But letting the mind of Christ, who knows all things, let it come in and speak and use a tabernacle. He says, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Your mind comes in person. You let, you forsake yourself to the Lord. Lord, do as you see fit. Now the man comes in. Now it's working. God has honored us. God loves us. I was very happy the song you sang at the beginning. Can we sing? He came to me. Sure. May God bless you, musicians, if you can come. He came to me. If someone can help me. He came to me. You didn't go to him. 
You didn't ask him for a prophet. He came to you with his prophet. Let's be very grateful. Let's be respectful before this God. Let's love him. Thank you, Brother Nathan. He came to me. May God bless you. And may God reveal you these things. Pay attention when you listen to this prophet. It was not a man speaking to us. It was God speaking through human lips. To give you the life. He came to me. Thank you, Lord. to thank you this afternoon. You are so merciful to us, O Lord. We are not worthy, Lord Jesus, of such grace. Lord, I come with my brothers and my sisters to thank you for what you have done for us in this generation. Lord, thank you for your visitation. Thank you for the revelation. Thank you for the seven seals. Thank you for the seven churches. Lord, thank you for revealing to us this mystery of predestination. We do not follow this message. It's only by revelation. It's by predestination. You predestinated us, O God, to be part of this message. So, Father, we come to you. May you help us to continue believing. Lord, again, thank you for our pastor. 
Thank you for our church here. Thank you for the ministry. Thank you for your children. We commit, O oh God, the church into your hands. May you protect, O oh God, this church. Help us in our behavior, Father. Give us the right attitude. And may you forgive, O oh God, our wrongs. We see the same pillar of fire that met Moses. The same pillar of fire that made the great Saint Paul. Now he is here with us, O oh God. If there is any sick person, because your presence is here, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, O oh Father, we condemn any disease, any power of the enemy in the body of your children. May they be healed, O oh God. If there is a broken home, Lord, you are the mender. Bring them back together once more, O oh Lord. Those who need the Holy Spirit, you see our hands went up, O oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, may they receive your Holy Spirit, Father. May you bless us everywhere that we go throughout the week, Father. And be with us for the service in Sierra. Forgive me, Lord, for keeping your children too long, O oh God. But we understand the condition of the time. Lord, we love you. We commit everything to you. Lead us again. For the glory of your name. Lord, we ask these things. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May God bless you. class this morning instructed by the word proverbs 4 and says and 13 says take fast hold of instruction and let her not go and keep her for she is thy life there's many people that hear a lot of things saints of god and they forget what they've heard and they forget even what a prophet says they they'll quote it and they'll say i bride has thus saith the Lord or she stands still and we see them going all over the countryside it's one thing to say that you believe it it's another thing to say I live what I believe and so you've been given good instruction this morning by the word of God hold fast to it hold on to it because it's a dying generation 
And this is the foundation of this church. If there was no prophet, we would not be here. God sent a prophet, and I'm not ashamed to declare it. No different than they were ashamed to declare Moses was a prophet. We have a prophet, and by that prophet's message, it is washing a people, preparing her for the rapture in this hour. So you've been washed really well this morning, and it's so nice to see you all. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear and precious Heavenly Father, so often we use a quote that the prophet says and things that are to be. Lord, you know exactly what we have need of, and you'll bring a man of God by. And the instruction in the word of the Lord will come forth, Lord, and it'll deal with the hearts of your children. You knew who would be here this morning. You knew Brother Neville would be ministering from the burden of the word of the Lord to your people. So I pray you'll take that word within every one of our hearts this morning. And Lord, let it bring forth, not just 40-fold or 60-fold, but let it bring forth a hundredfold within our lives. Lord, we love your presence and we love your word and we love this message with all our heart. You're preparing a people, Lord, so prepare us. Keep our eyes focused, Lord, and let us go according to the word of God this morning in the power of your might go with your children we ask in jesus name amen do you know what it is no miss it can do you know what it is not to Bye. Uh-huh.
We are indeed watched. Well, shake one another's hands. Say, God bless you. Nice to be in the house of God with you this morning. Brother Blake, nice to see you up there. God bless you. And all that have traveled, God be with you this afternoon. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.